when his kingdom comes, there's peace, there's wholeness, there's goodness, there's joy. I need that in my heart. Your kingdom come in this world. That one line of give us today our daily bread, it gives us permission to actually request the very practical things in our life. And yet Jesus is saying, ask for the things you need. Welcome to the Renovare podcast, a place for honest and unhurried conversations about interactive life with God. I'm Nathan Foster, and today I had the opportunity to sit down with Monica and Jeremy Chambers and learn a little about their daily practice of working with the Lord's Prayer. Monica and Jeremy are involved in helping and supporting microchurches along the Colorado Front Range through their mission work with the Pando Collective. They're also authors of the book Kingdom Contours, empowering everyday people with the tools to shape kingdom movements. I spoke with Monica and Jeremy from their home in Denver, Colorado. I'm curious to hear about your guys' experience of working with the Lord's Prayer? I guess I had written it off for most of my life. I had an aversion to it, thinking it was too too often it seemed like people used it in a superstitious sort of way. And I think that was just my perception. I don't know that people do, but <laughs> that's how I saw it. I um, enjoyed studying it from an academic standpoint, but it was never mine. I never made it my own prayer. I never got into it. It just became an academic trivial thing for me. But it wasn't until around like 2016 or 2017, I was going through a really rough time in life. And uh, I came across a lecture where Dallas Willard had said that he would be in the Lord's Prayer and in the 23rd Psalm every day. And he kind of talked about what that meant for him to be in it. Like he would pray through those passages and he was there until he felt that something had changed him. Like he let the passage change him. And so that was around the time I was like, I should, I should try this out for a month or something. Yeah, I think that was 2017. So I started and, and then it was so transformative. And it's like it was new every single day. And the Lord spoke differently through it every single day. And here we are five years later, I'm <laughs> still doing it almost daily, probably every single day. Yeah. It's been amazing. Still fresh, still new. Ah, yeah. This morning <laughs> I woke up and actually it's more than daily in one sense. It's like the passage I wake up with either Psalm 23 or the Lord's prayer, usually both. And then it's, it's often the prayer I go to sleep with. And then because I'm in it so much, it sort of is like the default prayer on any given incident that, you know, my friend is going through something and suddenly I'm, this is just coming out of me. <laughs> I sometimes apologize to my friends. I'm like, I know this is like the only scripture I've been quoting for five years now, <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> I just can't stop. <laughs> Love it. Monica, how about you? Well, of course, like seeing Jeremy's experience with it and just like we would have conversations about it as he was starting to practice that. 
at the time when he started practicing that, I felt like the Lord was drawing me to some other daily practices. But it was maybe about a year, maybe after a year or two after Jeremy really started that I was like, I don't know, just felt the a deeper invitation from the Lord to actually be in the Lord's prayer regularly. Yeah. What Jeremy said of like, it's, it's like every day there's something for that day in that prayer. And to me, it's just been so like enlivening. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love how it just really does hit like everything of our life in so many ways that like one phrase or a few words are like, oh, this is my prayer today, Lord. There might be other parts that are like, yes, Lord, I am praying this. But then suddenly something in my soul is like, but this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I didn't really grow up with a lot of written prayers to guide my prayers. Uh, that wasn't really part of my tradition. And I started to become exposed to more of those. And I mean, the Lord's Prayer is Jesus's like explanation <laughs> and demonstration of how we should pray, right? And so for me, it's just been so helpful to have those words when maybe I don't have others. And then suddenly to see, oh, those are the words that Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, but I didn't have them just on my own and having the Lord's prayer be what brought them out has been a really beautiful dynamic between just this connection, at least for me, of just connecting to the Lord, but connecting to Jesus himself as being the one who offered these for his disciples, for us. There's just something so comforting and communal almost for me in it that it's really expanded my faith in some really cool ways hmm. i like that how do you work with it do you just recite it or are you what would a, a practice look like so for me i have really enjoyed the festooning in the Renovare Institute. That was actually one of the little, the monthly practices that we did was festooning the Lord's Prayer, <laughs> which is basically right at, like using it as, as a guide to then add more of our own prayer to it. And for me, that's been one of my favorite ways where a portion of it, give us to say our daily bread. I can say so much more with that, right? Give me the energy to interact with this person. <laughs> Give me the grace to be in this place at this time or whatever. And it's like, but that one phrase, I can then expound on it for more of what I might specifically be needing today or asking for today. Mm -hmm. Forgive us as we forgive others who trespass against us. Like having those moments of like, oh, I just had like five people that came to mind that I probably should forgive. <laughs> and then like <laughs> actually having that conversation Doing with that, the Lord about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like a launching pad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say for me, it's it's been a little bit of everything. There's times that I write it out. Sometimes I've written it kind of like in a poetic way. Often it's it's a prompt, similar to what Monica said, like the festooning concept. So I'll take a clause from the prayer and then that's a launching point into kind of prayerfully dialoguing with the Lord around whatever topics I'm connecting that to in, in my current situation. Often though, I don't make it through the whole way because I'll get kind of caught up in something. So actually I usually 
like I'll, I'll kind of like pray it through once and then I'll go in deeper. And I think I'm often getting caught up with like your kingdom come <laughs> like that one mm-hmm. clause. It's like the longing of our hearts. Right. And that line is so powerfully woven through all of scripture, the concepts behind it and what it means from a theological perspective, you see it from Genesis to Revelation. And so I really get hung up on it in a good way of (laughs) really just kind of spending time with the Lord, really communicating to my desire for his kingdom to come, right? When his kingdom comes, there's peace, there's wholeness, there's goodness, there's joy. I need that in my heart. Your kingdom come in my heart. Your kingdom come in this world. Your kingdom come in my neighborhood, right? My friend who's hurting. Your kingdom come into that person's soul right now. So again, I I often get just totally stuck on your kingdom come. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get stuck on lines, Monica? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, your kingdom come, your will be done is one that I often get stuck on also. I often get stuck on give us today our daily bread, Mm -hmm. just like the practicality of that request and then what it, what it means. I feel for me that one line of give us today our daily bread, it gives us permission to actually request the very practical things in our life. And I think Mm -hmm. often prayer, we can think of it as not as practical sometimes. We dichotomize it. Prayer needs to be somehow extra spiritual. <laughs> and yet Jesus is saying, no, like ask, ask for the things you need. And there's something beautiful to that interaction. And so for me, I think I came across this prayer at a time when I was maybe having a little bit of that dichotomy. And saying, like, can I, like, you know, oh, yes, we must adore him in prayer. We must worship him and thank him and all of these things. And yes, ask for requests, but like, can I even ask him for the food that I need today? And the fact that Jesus offered that as an option in this prayer, yeah, just brings a lot of freedom to be the human kids of God that we are (laughs) and just come to him as a good dad and be like, hey, I really would like this, (laughs) or I really need this, and just trust him to then fulfill in the way that he sees best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's one that I really get stuck on a lot. What I love about what you guys are saying is here you have a pretty much a daily practice for years, but there's no legalism in this. It just sounds like a lot of freedom to give you a a space to interact. Yeah, that was what was so interesting of how at least for me, how it got started was like, it became a pattern of intimacy with the Lord and an expected pattern that I didn't want to stop. And I mean, there's definitely been some days here and there where it didn't happen, you know, but, but again, it's just, you don't have to be reminded to eat every day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, it's so nourishing. It's a good way to think of it. As much as I find memorization helpful. There is a danger there that sometimes the words we memorize, they they just lose all their meaning and they're just kind of rote. And I think for a lot of people, the Lord's Prayer becomes that, that it's just, you know, you say it in the King James and you, you know, whatever. What would you say to folks who, you know, hey, I think I want to, think I want to start this practice. What should they do? 
it was wrote for me before I started this. Uh, same with Psalm 23. I was tired of these things. I grew up in the church. I heard them to the point where it was very boring. But I mentioned earlier, when you make it your own, right? When you're praying, you're not just reciting. You're connecting with the Lord. I think it was Dallas Willard who made a comment of like, he prays through it until he's prayed through it. In the context of, it could have been someone else that said this, but it was the idea of like, you pray until your whole being is engaging with the Lord. So I don't just pick up the passage and work through it and then go about my day. I stay there until I know intimacy has occurred, transformation has occurred, life has been received. And so I'm, I'm in this. And sometimes there's parts that feel rote, but I'm genuinely looking for what the Lord has for me in this. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't disappoint <laughs> at all. So <laughs> it quickly, even in those first 30 days, and I would encourage people, give it a week. Try seven days where like every morning you go through it, just try it out. And then maybe every evening before going to bed, pray through it. And then you might become addicted, kind of like I did. (laughs) But then then the other thing is also just genuinely pray until you've prayed. Apply your heart and soul and mind and strength to this. Yeah, I would say maybe... Allow it to be a space. This is kind of how I often visualize it, I guess. Even just going through the Lord's Prayer, it's almost like I'm entering a living room and like it's a space where then the Lord and I can meet. And the the way that the furniture, (laughs) so to speak, is the prayer almost. And it has different levels to it. And so as I'm entering into this prayer, I can sit in a certain seat, for so to speak, and really meet with the Lord because of it. And so, mm-hmm. so to see it more, not as like, kind of Jeremy alluded to the whole like incantation aspect, right? Like, it's not me just saying these words because because there's something super specific in these words, but it's that these words create almost a space in which I can really meet with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. as you're meeting with him, then you can continue to actually expand on it. my working with it, it surprised me. I think I'd say surprise. I've had the same experience with the 23rd Psalm. How complete it is. Like it just covers all the categories in a sense or all the, uh, have you guys had that experience as well? That it, there's, there's something whole about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I love paradigms. If you can give me a simple, irreducibly complex sentence that sums up something about the world, I love it. But I test it. So often, you know, ministries will have like a vision statement or here's our values summed up in one thing. And, and I'll look at it and I'm like, is that, is that comprehensive yet irreducible? So I just geek out on that stuff. But the Lord's prayer is, is perfectly so. And I think that's the brilliance of Jesus in, you know, the disciples saying, teach us how to pray. I mean, we know they, they saw him pray in other contexts. 
you know, assuming they're also recognizing, like, he says certain things about, like, when he casts out one demon, he says this one only comes out through prayer and fasting, right? So that would make me say, okay, you want to teach me a little bit more about prayer and fasting then, right? Like, so the disciples see this power in his life, and they're seeing how prayer is playing such a pivotal role. It would make sense then that they would ask that question of like, tell us more. And then (laughs) everything he could say, I mean, he could have given them sermons. He could have just said, read the book of Psalms, right? That'll teach you how to pray. But he gave them a template, this tiny paradigm that is irreducibly complex, yet comprehensive for the whole of life. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. And you can pass that on to a child. It's not too heavy for anyone to hold. Beautiful. Monica, anything you'd add? I don't think I have anything to add. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a, a friend who would say, take us, take a line and then put it in your own words, right? Like a kind of your own paraphrase to it and then do that again and again, you know, and it was really interesting to me in doing that to see just kind of what came out and how how many different angles I could come at the words. Have either of you done that with the kind of paraphrasing it yourself? Yeah. I feel like that's maybe how I have done the festooning a little bit. It's been a lot of like paraphrasing or using name be lifted up sort of, you know, and just like, wow, like that one line I can say in so many ways. And so it does allow for a depth of experience with the prayer. And yeah, that's one that I have done a lot. And for me, like, it's been a fun experience because I'm Costa Rican. So I actually memorized this this prayer in Spanish first. And so it's been always really fun for me to actually go between both languages. And that has, for me, given me a different experience. And to then paraphrase in both languages, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, again, allowed for more expounding, almost more pulling out so much goodness from this prayer, even because I get the opportunity to have multiple languages that I get to play with this with. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. This reminds me a little of, we mentioned Taoist. Taoist's version of the Lord's Prayer. It's so helpful for me to just get away from the rote, right? Just give a kind of fresh spin to it. And then using that as a as a springboard. Do you use different translations when you work with it? Or do you, I mean, you obviously haven't beyond memorized? I typically, however it's memorized in my head, it's like a combination of a couple translations. So it's <laughs> kind of funny. But every now and then I'll pull out the message to get it, or Dallas's version as well. I, actually in the part of the Fellowship of Burning Hearts, and I just appreciate that at the end of each group, mm-hmm. we quote the Lord's Prayer in the way that Dallas had paraphrased it. But Eugene Peterson did a great job with it too and in the message. And that's sometimes helpful to just kind of really expand your thinking and go in different directions with it. Yeah, I get at the end of a group when we go to come to that, I get really excited about it. This closing line, because you're the one in charge, you have all the mm. power and the glory too is all yours forever. And then this one I love, which is just the way we want it. I love that. It just makes me pause and go, right. No, that is what I want. I don't really want the power and the glory. You know, I don't really want my own way. I really do want you in charge. Yeah. That's just the way I want it. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah. I love that. His version for sure. How about the 23rd Psalm? People think you both mentioned that. Is it same way you work through it or are there different, different ways? 
yeah, I feel like the same principles overlap. It's interesting how I'll focus in more on the 23rd Psalm in certain seasons of life. I mean, I still go through it, but sometimes I find myself returning to it a lot more. And then other times it's the Lord's Prayer that kind of gets more front and center. I'm not sure why. It's just maybe just think of it as a, if you're malnourished, you start to crave certain foods. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sure. uh, maybe there's parts of me that crave the one versus the other at different times. It's so funny how it was a psalm that I was so bored with as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, as a kid, you're developing your walk with the Lord. And some of the stuff is just forced upon you from the church culture. But sometimes I almost feel it feels wrong. I'm like, there's so many other psalms I could be enjoying right now, <laughs> but I can't get away from this. And, and however, I should say, then when I am engaging other psalms, I'm seeing these connections or I'm feeling the beauty of the parallels between the 23rd and the other ones. So I, I still feel like, I mean, that's a, that's a beauty of the supernatural power of the Spirit of God working through the scriptures in us that mm-hmm. it permeates us and there's something metaphysical happening where we're making connections all over the place just from one passage. Why can't think you'd add? The 23rd Psalm has been like crazy for me in just the Lord, the last couple of years has had me on a theme of abundance. And that Psalm is really a Psalm of abundance and similar to Jeremy, I, I don't know, I think probably was like three or two or three when I first heard this, this, <laughs> this psalm. So for a while in my life, it was a little bit like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what this says, whatever. But now I just really appreciate it. And it's just to, to dwell in it deeply and to see the flow and just how It goes from the Lord being my shepherd all the way to goodness and mercy following all the days of my life. And just even finding myself praying for others using that psalm. It's been one of those that just keeps giving and giving. So yeah, it's been very powerful. I love this idea of just spending time and not being in a hurry. I remember once my dad was quoted some four lines of a psalm and he's like, yeah, I've been working with that for the last year. (laughs) <laughs> it just you know there's so much there and and then i like doing it too this is not legalism right there's lots of different things you can do but it does seem like that when we come with a sort of expectance and an openness that god is very eager to use these simple words to guide and motivate and help heal there's almost a sense of knowing and unknowing in this type of practice So it could be said that after many years of being daily in these passages, I I could say I know them better. But at the same time, I completely feel like a child with these things. (laughs) I feel like when I come back into these passages, there's a familiarity, there's a knowing, and then there's this unknowing where it's like, Lord, am I hearing this? for the first time, like, or or I don't even know what to do with like some of these, some of these verses have such depth. I can't comprehend it. I feel like I'm just 
beginning, a complete beginner with these. I, I don't feel like an expert at all. Like, <laughs> if anything, I'm, I need another decade of this or something. Like, you know, like, does that even make sense? <laughs> It does to yeah. me as someone who has to unlearn a lot, but uh, yeah, Monica, you you relate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And something I think it's like, there's an aspect of being shaped more than just having knowledge in the sense of like intellectual knowledge. And like, I think of some of the early Christians who would spend, they would have a Psalm that they would sit with and meditate on for their whole life. And it's almost like they had that one Psalm. And people who would meet them would say that it's like the Psalms were, were in their body by the time <laughs> they were like really, really old people, right? Who had sat for decades with this one Psalm and just have, had been so shaped that it's almost like the Psalm truly became a part of them, became them. And there's an aspect of so much that we are not in control of with that dynamic where we are coming and we're saying, yes, God, like, please shape us, shape me to be the type of person that the reality of the Lord's Prayer, the reality of Psalm 23 is even shown in my body. And there is so much of that kind of like feeling of being a beginner constantly, <laughs> of feeling like unlearning so much because there are aspects that we can't put words to. And it just goes so deep, so much deeper, but it's a, a fun journey into the depths of it. <laughs> I think, Monica, you mentioned earlier the communal nature of some of these prayers. And there's something I really like about, you know, thinking all through the ages, there are people mm -hmm. who've just, they've lived into these words and they've, you know, on their deathbed or when their child was born or, and, and I'm just thinking as we're talking that I will appreciate working with this knowing that you guys are doing that today too <laughs> you know there's a kind of that we as a community are shaped by these wonderful words thank you both this is very helpful thank you i'm feeling inspired <laughs> and that was monica and jeremy chambers again their book is titled kingdom contours empowering everyday people with the tools to shape kingdom movements and you can learn more about their work with micro churches at thepandocollective.com. That's T-H-E-P-A-N-D-O collective.com. I'm Nathan Foster, and you've been listening to the Renovare Podcast. We're grateful for all of you who helped make this work possible. You can support Renovare and this podcast with a tax-deductible gift at renovare.org slash donate. Renovare is a Christian ecumenical renewal effort offering resources and experiences to help people become more like Jesus. You can find a collection of thoughtfully curated articles, podcasts, webinars, online classes, as well as information on events in our institute on our website at renovare.org. This podcast is produced by Brian Morricon, who also wrote the opening song titled Be Kind. Until next time, be well, friends. Be well. <laughs>